Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the JRPG Report. We're calling this the Sunday Special. This is going to be kind of a laid-back show. We're going to try to do these each week. We'll see if we've got content to do that, but it's going to be a little bit different than our normal podcast. Um, We're not going to be talking about the news, but we'll be talking about um, certain interviews or uh, key things that have gone on in the world that aren't necessarily news but that we don't cover in our normal podcasts. Um, I plan to play some soundtracks from some of our favorite JRPG titles as well. So kind of just a relaxing, uh, like I said, Sunday listen, something maybe you can start off your work week with, whatever you choose to do. But it's going to be a little bit long. I'm not sure how long this uh, is going to take to record, but uh, for our very first Sunday special... I uh, teased it in the last podcast a little bit, but I would like to actually read you the full interview with uh, Yusuke Tamazawa. He is the producer for the new Tales of Arise game, and this interview was uh, conducted with Ngeki Online uh, magazine. They published this interview in the magazine that released last month on the weekend of the Tales of Festival in 2019. The interview was published on their website, and that's what I'm kind of reading this from. Uh, You've probably seen a few uh, video interviews with this man as well over the past couple of days, but this was the entire interview. Um, It kind of, it lays everything out there, and it looks like that's what they're going to do from here on out, is kind of be real transparent with the fans, let them know the changes that are going to be made, but... Let's get into that, but before we do, uh, I want to take one quick break to mention our sponsor, Anchor, and they will get back to the full interview here on the JRPG Report. All right, fans, sit back and relax. So let's talk about this interview. They first talk out, um, they say the long-awaited new mothership game, Tales of Arise, has finally been announced. I'm sure the fan reaction has been enormous. Please tell us about how you felt in seeing it. Tomazel replied, We initially announced the game at E3, but since it was a foreign event, I didn't see the Japanese reaction. Now that we've begun sharing news through Tales Channel, our blog, and my own Twitter account, fans can get news whenever and wherever we publish it. After the E3 announcement, we were seeing reactions on social media all night long. It seemed like we just looked up and it was 5 a.m. The jet lag never ended, he laughs. So that was my main feeling. Through social media, we were seeing reactions from everywhere across Japan, Europe, and America at once. As for the preview video, it was all about the new graphics. We wanted it to feel like Tails, but like it was evolving. And in some ways, we were being a bit relieved. In some ways, they were a bit relieved. The preview video was to express that we were going to make sure to respect the traditions and evolution of series staples. We've all had kind of responses, questions like, is this element I love still there? Game mechanics and and art. There's a lot we still can't reveal, so I hope everyone keep an eye out on our news feeds. Next question. Has anyone asked if you're making the announcement E3 means you'll be considering the foreign market more strongly? Uh, Tomazawa answered, I do think we need to change our communication strategy. Previously, we'd make our announcement at a Japanese event, 
and then make the foreign announcement about a month later, even for games with simultaneous releases. There are reasons for this, including policy, PR concerns, and localization, but it meant that foreign markets couldn't have fun along with the rest of us. We've, we've had very passionate fans ever since Tales of Symphonia. That's so cool that he mentioned Symphonia from a personal note, as that was my first Tales of game on the GameCube, and it got me a lifelong love of this series. He continued, the pre-PS3 version of Tales of Vesperia wasn't sold abroad at all, which is why we answered them by announcing the Definitive Edition and Remaster of the PS3 game. We received so much gratitude and support for that that we decided to do the same for Tales of Arise. We're targeting a worldwide simultaneous release for that game as well. Some information will be released abroad first, and there will be maybe material targeted at Japanese fans, which will reach Japan first. We want to balance our PR between all regions. We're also collecting information globally via social media. We will assume future interviews will be distributed very quickly, which we will hope will allow fans to share information and work as a worldwide community. We think this preview video showed fans of the series our new approach, but we do not but we do know that they don't want things to change too suddenly. So we're working on a custom shader built for facial expressions so that the characters still look like tales of characters, even though it's in Unreal Engine 4. What we want to communicate is a long process of evolution that will per- put long-term fans at ease. Next question asked, do Japanese and foreign fans want nearly the same things? He answered, as far as characters are concerned, they're the same. I've been to some foreign events and they showed me that regardless of race or language, people are people. I saw people cosplaying Tales of characters at Anime Expo and their love for the characters was the same. The light in their eyes was the same. In that sphere, they are the same. That said, they want something a bit different in gameplay. Next question says, So you announced the voice actors for the main characters at the Tales of Festival 2019 because you thought Japanese fans were waiting for that specifically? Tomazawa answers, that's right. This time of year, it's always E3 and then Tales Fest. So we decided from the start to use a two-phase strategy, revealing the setting and game at E3 and then getting deeper into the characters at Tales Fest. We knew Japanese players would be waiting for character reveals, so we wanted to get them hyped before sharing information here at Tales Fest. Whenever a game is released, we have the cast at the, ta- at the next Tales Fest. Similarly, we... Once we've showed the character designs at E3, we wanted the fans to share in the anticipation and uncertainty of whether those characters would become family, would become a family when they came to Tales Fest. The next question is, the whole arena seemed, certainly screamed when the characters' names of voice actors were announced. I see that was as you planned. The main character, Alfin, is voiced by Takiwa Sato and the heroine Shion is voiced by Shino Shimojoji, I guess that's how you pronounce it, I'm not sure. Can you tell us about any considerations you had when casting? We had many candidates audition as usual. The entire team contributed to the judgment, but in general, I don't think there's anything different from choosing someone who can express what we want the character to express. 
We do consider how they'll perform on the stage at Tales Fest. And players will just all to love our characters, including the cast. That is all, just as before. Next question was, so I know the foreign sales are as much or maybe even more than domestic. Foreign treatment of some subjects, for example, LGBT, is a bit different from in Japan. Are you changing your own treatment of any subjects to account for worldwide sales? He answered, it is an era where we have been t- where we have to be mindful of things like cultural differences. Not only tales, but any game has to be aware of and respond to audiences from anywhere in the world. Still, we won't change so many things so quickly that we lose what makes tales beloved. The next section is called A Game to Revitalize the Brand. The next question says, apart from the way you announced it, the most surprising thing about Tales of Arise was the reuse of the initial letter. Hey. He answered, very true. We do know the A has already been used. With a series going on for 24 years and other letters being used even outside the Mothership games, we're running out of letters, he laughs. We did consider a number of titles that didn't reuse a letter. The truth is, Arise was the game's working title and development. Of course, the name is relevant to the story, but also it was a project that had that had to arise to the job of making the series able to continue forward, and that was part of the code name. We have a marketing team distributed all over the world, and we received hundreds of proposals. In the end, we believe that Arise best expressed what we wanted to do and our determination to, vi- to revitalize the franchise. We really didn't think very hard about this, he laughed. The thing is, we aren't making riddles here. We discussed very seriously whether sticking to the letter system was more important than expressing our feelings. Some of the development team felt so strongly about it that it was worth breaking the rule for. For myself, the discussion strengthened my own feelings on the matter. The question did come up, quote, when will we stop making game? Will will we stop making games? When we run out of letters. He laughed again. I'm in charge of the brand from this release. The 25th anniversary is coming up, and the 30th and 35th will come after. I don't want to spend that time counting down the games we have left. <laughs> if we're going to re- reuse a we're if we're going to reuse a letter sooner or later, I'd rather make the reuse itself have meaning to express something in the act of doing it. That doesn't mean we won't consider letters in the future, but this decision was made with the game's meaning in mind. Next question. Then what's the official abbreviation for this title? T-O-A. It's already used by Tales of the Abyss. He answered, I've already said this on my blog and my hashtags, but we're not abbreviating the keyword, so we're using T-O-Arise. All without spaces in there. We wanted to get the attention of not only series fans, but RPG fans across the world. So we want to emphasize the word Arise. T-O still means Tales of, but T-O-A and T-O-A-R really don't tell new players what the game is. So, to Arise expresses my feelings and intentions as producer. Feel free to tell me if it's not much of an abbreviation, he left again. Next question was, so, next question asked, are you actively asking fans to use to arise? He said, I am. I want them to deliberately use that abbreviation. I'm not saying they absolutely must, 
but it does embody what we are trying to communicate to whom. The next uh, series of questions says, developing with tradition and evolution in mind. Question asked, you feel very strongly about to arise. Is there anything you can tell us about the concepts you shared in development? He says, it's not that we're making tales into something completely different overnight. This is a marking perspective, but the brain has been around for 25 years and will be around for many more. With the players and culture changing the whole time, the children of original players may be enjoying the game now. That's why I need to think, that's why I think we need to update the way we communicate. We need to open a gate for new users into this IP. That is the origin of my entire drive and my starting point. We have shown that Tales of Arise is a different aesthetic, and the combat looks very different to give a sense of change. But we have discussed a great deal on what and how much should change. Neither tradition nor evolution works on its own. We decided that from the start. Next question says, it seems bold enough to change as much as you have. Was that your own decision? He answered, it was more that people wanted it than I personally did. When you're creating something, there are times for one person to make a call and times to balance all perspectives. Sometimes you change one thing, then something else needs to be changed. So you have to consider multiple angles when you make a decision. Our game is made up of many complex parts. and There are some things that simply could not be changed. We had to look at each component and how it fit into and developed from Tales history. We had to look at what users wanted, whether they would reject something if it was changed, or if there was something we could change. The development team is working out all these things in detail. The next question asked, by the way, is Arise new because it has all new staff? Or are you having old staff make a new product? Tomazawa answered, we have old and new staff working together. As far as who is working on what, we've only revealed Mr. Ayamoto, but we have staff from Tales of Basaria, as well as legendary staff members who have been with us since Tales of, Fan since Tales of Fantasia. With so many perspectives all over Tales, we also get many suggestions of things that can or should be changed. Sometimes these perspectives are in conflict. The staff has different levels of experience, so they have different ideas of what is series tradition and series evolution, and discuss it a lot. Through that, they make their own experience into something real. They asked, you produced Tales of Asperia, Definitive Edition. Has that experience helped you here? He answered, my own first Tales games when I played was Vesperia. And when I saw the fan reaction as a creator to series traditions like animated cutscenes, to how they received the game design and enjoyed it even after all this time, it gave me confidence in my ability to create. But I do know that it was a remaster, and Tales of Horizon is an entirely new product. So I'm working on two opposing rails, trying to predict the fans' reactions. The next section is called Evolution, but Still Recognizable. Tales of Berseria was released on PS3 and PS4. This game is on PS4, Xbox One, and computers running Steam. I'm sure you thought a lot about how far you could push the graphics, but what was that like? He, Tomazawa, answers, 
There's a gap between PS3 and PS4 specs, which led us to decide to use Unreal Engine 4. Previously, we used in-house engines, so it was a decision between what we'd build up and what UE4 was capable of. What ultimately tipped the scales in UE4's advantage was producing atmosphere and rendering things like light. But out of the box, Unreal Engine 4 renders a realistic aesthetic that you can find anywhere, so you won't get that tails feeling, and we won't stick out from the crowd. So like I said, we're using Unreal Engine 4 while implementing a custom shader. For instance, we scale down the background and add detail to the foreground, making the video look more natural. So when you see characters, you get a sense of depth of field. It's what's in front of you is vivid, and the background fades away like a painting. It took a long time to reach that point. At first, we tried a hand-drawn style shader, but it made the characters look dumb. He laughed. The staff said it would look low detail and like gamers would mistake it for low resolution. And that's not what we were going for. We tried to strike a balance between showing the characters and the environments. When we added motion in, we continued tuning. Mr. Awamoto, the graphics developers and the visual design team worked very hard together. And now we have a unique style we're proud of. Mr. Awamoto is now the sole character designer on the game. Why was that yet, they asked. He responded, mainly for a consistent sense of world. That's why we had all the characters designed together within the world. Characters and worlds match, and we can achieve a higher level of immersion. Also, Mr. Awamoto is not the only character designer, but the art director. There's always something you can tweak in the game. That's a good reason to produce in-house, and we wanted to show how far that could go. This is very different from our previous approach of making adjustments to complicated illustrations. If something looks wrong in the game, it's easy to change the colors and so on. By having one point of decision for the work, those opportunities have increased. They asked, so you're saying the illustration you've already released could still be updated until it's complete? He answered, correct. Or, if we've completed a 3D model, but once it's rendered in the game and we want something changed, we can do it. For instance, often when exploring, the building right the character's back. When we rendered Alfin's sword, it gleamed in the light, and we thought it was a better look. We could change how it would lay on its back to fit. There are parts of character design that only come to life when the model is in the game. We get to see and reevaluate on a daily basis, and in the extreme case, Mr. Awamoto handles both sides. He can carry out that process in his mind, he laughed. Next question says, I'm curious, how was the reaction when you informed Mr. Awamoto that he was the sole character designer? Uh, Tomozo answered, I think he felt a lot more pressure. And being the art director as well, he has to have the entire world as a whole in his mind. Despite that pressure, he's working hard at leadership every day. It may be odd to say he's, I'm glad he's here, but I definitely feel he's a good helper. The next section is called Digging into Arise's Revealed Systems. The story summary talks about changing the fate of two planets. Are those two planets the ones shown in the sky in this image? And that was the one that shows the uh, Alpha, uh, Alvin, Alfin, I'm sorry, and uh, Shoni. They're on a planet. Uh, you can see off into the distance. 
and it says this image shows Rena from Donna's surface. In the story, the planets are quite opposed, they ask. Is this reflected in the environmental design? Tomazawa answered, the technological, technological levels of the planets are literally worlds apart. Donna has Middle Ages tech level and no magic, while Rena is highly developed in both science and magic. You'll find that in the game, and they appear completely different. In the previous video, there was a volcanic area and a grassy area. Are those both on Donna? He answered, it's difficult to say how much about what planet those two areas are at this stage. And they say this was a strained laugh. <laughs> what I can tell you is that Donna has been enslaved to Rena for 300 years, and parts of its culture have been influenced in that time. So there may be architecture on Donna that comes from Rena, for instance. You can imagine for yourself what in this art came from where. They ask, it looks like you can go pretty far in the distance there. Some are wondering if that means this game is open world. What's the game's structure like? He answered, it's not open world. You can explore each map and sometimes enter dungeons like a traditional RPG. We do want to feel like an open world. We've made the environment so that you feel like the world is huge and built into the design. We did try to make large maps during development. In the game, there are vistas that can make you wonder when you'll reach something in the distance. The other thing is this game that we've tried to have differences in elevation in our environments. And the interviewer says, I remember climbing up to reach a treasure chest. He answered, it's not going to be like that kind of one-trick design. There are also fields that look like the illustration. They ask, so you look up and feel how world, how large the world is? He answered that, and also, there's a castle in the background. Can you get there, he asked. We think that kind of discover and wonder made possible by fields is very important. Tales has always held that as important, but now we can make richer, more immersive fields. We can give players that sense like never before. We're putting a lot of effort into that this time. They asked, some have taken that to mean that battles in this game aren't encounter-based. Is that true? He answered, they are extremely encounter-based laughs. The preview video gave people some doubts, but the game has encounters. We have various approaches, but between designing the fields to work well and making Tails party combat fun, they didn't really mesh well. Ultimately, players wanted to enjoy both, so we used encounters. We're preserving the traditional Tails quality when creating this, a unique sense of freshness and mastery. Tales of Ceiling Point is its action-based combat, so we're taking a page from action games. We're designing the battle system for players to really feel like they're making decisions in real time, based on the situation and choosing their own responses. The enemies are more intimidating, and the effects are flashier, but the traditional quality is still there. Players on auto can enjoy auto, and players who want to master the system can feel like they're adapting in real time. I think it looks great. The conversations between characters, as you can see, as you see the battle results are popular. Can we assume they're still in, they ask. He answered, we're still talking about how control should flow between field exploration and battle generally. I can't say how to shake out, but there's a little bit of tension between wanting to learn and enjoy the characters and wanting to move on to the next goal. We're trying different approaches. 
They ask, you were the producer on games like God Eater and Code Vein. Are you applying that experience to combat here? He answered. Like I said before, it's mostly that responsive battle idea. For instance, we don't want it to be the kind of combat where a gauge goes up based on events in combat. So you fight while watching the gauge. We want players to look at what the enemy is and what they're doing and how they're attacking and choose how to respond out of all their options. If that results in landing a satisfying combo, responding to the situation as I see is a major part of action games and fundamental to satisfying feel. I've worked closely with the battle designer on that. I can't say a lot about the details yet, but I think it feels plenty like an action game. But that doesn't mean the battles will be harder, he laughed. I just want the people to want to master the system and to feel in control and satisfied. They asked, but the battles are party-based, right? He answered, yes. You saw Alfin and Shoni in the preview video, but there are more characters. They asked, you can't have a Tales game without an animated cutscenes, an opening song, and skits. Will we see those? We've been talking about when and how to use animated cutscenes since the start. UFO Table is doing the animation for the game, and I think you'll get what you want from them. On the other hand, we hope that from the preview video, you saw just how far 3D rendering has advanced. We're expecting the quality and expressiveness of the 3D to change the game's relationship with animation a bit. We've been talking about what makes the most appropriate place to use which type of cutscene from the beginning of development, wondering if this is a place for evolution or change. But we will not remove animation altogether. That's a tradition that we're keeping. One of the series' mainstays fans love Yoto Sakabura's soundtrack. Are you bringing in new blood there as well? He answered, I can't reveal who's in charge of sound at this point, but the preview video we showed at Tellsfest used a different soundtrack from the one at E3. Since the production quality of the game in general has increased, we're using an entirely new method of sound design, and we think the effect is clear from that. I think there's such a thing as a, as a tale sound. Sound can make the world feel more epic and enhance the feel of combat. As we listen to the soundtracks and think about where we can improve them and how they're good, we're working, we're working to push the quality upward. They ask, about the story, I was struck by a Twitter ex- exchange from earlier where you said you wanted to leave the story, where you wanted the story to leave a good impression. He answered, I'm not interested in which game did that. Some have a very clean ending and some don't. I don't personally mind either way. There are, there are people who would take the most depressing ending at face value and laughs. I, I don't think it's a bad ending. I don't think it's that bad endings are bad as much as you need to write an ending that users can accept. If you can't, good or bad, your ending won't fly. I think a game's impression is less about the story itself and more about making players feel like the journey that they've taken leads to the ending. We're not making something for someone to watch and feel moved, but a total experience people feel value in. It's not just in this game alone. They ask, Kachihuro Harada is now general manager for Ben Namco's original games. Did he give you any advice? 
Tomazo answered. He gave me a lot of strong advice about handling foreign markets. Not only about how the game should be, but how to communicate it, and that the channels are totally different. He also advised me on how to communicate on social media. It's not just receiving, either. We talk a lot about how to get feedback from users, how to write, and how fast to update, and so on. They asked, You announced the game is released for 2020. How do you plan to release updates going forward? Tomazon answered, I can't give you exact data right now. Things might change based on user feedback, and we're always considering how fast to reveal. We'll do our best to respond to fans' reaction, and we'll develop based on ongoing development discussions. Please be patient until 2020. Next year is a series 25th anniversary, too. They ask, is this part of your consideration? It is close to the 25th anniversary, and we're clean, keenly aware this would be an anniversary title. It's also to the brand's benefit to do something big for the 25th anniversary. And this game is, a, and if this game is a part of it, we have a responsibility to live up to that position. Next question: They've already stressed the importance of communication of communicating with players. Are you thinking of other ways to get in contact with fans that Tails hasn't done before, including your Twitter updates? He answered, "Of course. We may we may take measures Tails has not done before. We may respond to users' wishes." We started a development blog on the official site because it was requested. We're working on various ways to open conversations with players on the internet, and nothing is off the table because we haven't done it before. I want to engage as a user. The recent entries in the series have been, have all been in shared continuities, like Exilia 1 and 2, or Zestiria and Berseria. Is this one fully standalone? He answered, as of now, we are not planning on a follow title, nor is this in continuality with any previous title. We want new players to fully enjoy this full. <laughs> we want new players to be able to enjoy this fully. Finally, they say, do you have any final words for the fans waiting for a release? Tomazal says, I'm new to Tales, a brand that has continued for over 20 years. I'm trying to create Tales of Arise to bring the brand to its 25th anniversary and beyond. The changes to the game are part of a movement for the sake of creating a better future together. Many of you may be worried about so much changing in a short time, but that's why it's important we explain each element clearly, as well as increase our opportunities to answer your concerns. We're prepared to have that conversation constantly, and if we haven't revealed anything new, and we want that conversation to be valuable. We hope you continue to support us. So that's it. Uh, told you it was going to be kind of long. But hope you have enjoyed this full interview with uh, Tales of Arise producer Tamazawa. We want to thank you for listening to this. And we certainly want to thank Dengeki Online for putting this awesome interview out there for everybody to be able to really get a sense of what is going on with Tales of Arise. It's it's so easy to kind of interject our own ideas into what's going on, but this cleared up a whole lot of stuff. So hope you enjoyed this Sunday special on the JRPG Report. Look for these, if not every week, every couple of weeks. We'll try to put one out for you guys to enjoy 
in addition to our weekly news podcast. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, get back out there and level up.